Um, okay, I'm so excited to start this again, and I did just yell that because we've been laughing a lot and having way too much fun doing this. Um, we are here sitting here chatting about the Axioms for Mission. So before we dive into this particular one that we're going to talk about today, um, let's talk about what the Axioms are, what they mean to mission, why we use them. We've, we've talked about this every time, but I think it'll be helpful just to reminder yeah jim you want to take this one? Oh, you had your spiel down i thought i know was it was like, good oh, trying to change it up. i'm trying to develop uh, you <laughs> yes so until mike corrects what i'm about to say yes. really our axioms and are he says it yes, he states exactly. it another 100%. way percent yeah. uh they are are you developing me right now to be able to do this no, he is. Uh, he's trying yeah so our axioms are kind of like guiding principles that would define the ethos of who we are as an organization so it really was something that was i would say in us was a part of us but we weren't able to articulate like these are this is what we're about or this is how we make decisions or right. these are our values. So over the course of years in meetings and in conversations, we just would bump into um, either through disagreements or uncover through like consensus and agreements that these are values for us. These are things that will help guide and drive us moving forward as an organization or as we bring new people on or we grow, like these are things that we need to make sure they know or can articulate or would understand. And so that's that's kind of what this list came from. That's right. Do you have... He did a great job. <laughs> he did a good, good job, oh, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we are going to cover one today that is actually one of my favorite and and really I have developed <laughs> very a lot in this working at Mission, um, gotten pushed a lot in this area. And it is uh, the axiom, developing is greater than doing. And for a doer, this is a difficult one because... Yeah, I hate this one. This yeah, one's terrible. You don't like it. And in fact, when we started Enneagram. this, he's like, I don't even know if I Yeah, I don't even know if I believe this one. <laughs> I think doing's greater than doing. Doing just get yeah. it done doing, is doing greater better than is all greater than doing. Yes. Exactly. Doing better is greater than doing. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of people listening or watching that would feel that way. Like, actually, it's mm-hmm. just so much easier if I just do it. It takes so much longer to train somebody, to teach somebody else to do what I already know how to do, then they're, they're probably, probably going to do it wrong. They'll do it wrong. Yes, yes exactly. I got to go clean up their mess. <laughs> yep. yeah. So let's just talk about where this comes from. Let's just talk about, is it true? <laughs> does it actually work? And and how does it, how does it work? So let's talk about where it came from first. I, I would say uh, it's something that will put a lid on any leader, um, no matter what, how uh, gifted or capacity or character or comp, like whatever it is that you are, um, you have a leadership lid if you have to do everything. Mm-hmm. And it has to be you that does it or touches it. So uh, that will put a lid on your family, will put a lid on your organization, it'll put a lid on your influence. Um, so that, that's where it comes from. It's, it is com- it's a complicated one because there are things that only I can do for our organization, but most leaders think that that list is a lot larger than mm-hmm. it actually is. Mm-hmm. So there are things that I need to do because of my role and influence or whatever position at mission. Um, but that doesn't mean that I'm not trying to develop other people to know how to do them. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's complicated because we are gifted. So I'll just go from pastorally. We're gifted to be able to equip the church for good works, mm-hmm. not to do all the works for the church. And so I think sometimes we think I'm doing my best for the church when I do everything as a servant. Uh, Not that we don't have a servant heart, but I do everything and everyone else watches. Mm. That's actually not what we're called to as pastors or I would even say as leaders. That's not what we're called to. But it gets it's it's complicated. It's hard. 
So even thinking through Jim, Jim is a massive workhorse of productivity and great work. He's great. Uh, he's a fantastic oh, he leader. He said you were great. Don't nice. edit this. Just, he's not done. Let's, let's <laughs> okay, wait. Either he has more he's to like, say. What? No, no, no. <laughs> Tell me more about how great I am. Or there's a butt coming. <laughs> there's yes. A butt this is coming, like, yeah. yes. <laughs> no. Uh, the thing would be, and uh, his default would be, I I will do it all because I know that it'll get done right. Mm-hmm. If I give it away, I'm gonna have to go double check work, and it's probably just worth mm-hmm. it for me to do. But I'm looking at him going, hey, there's things that only you can do for our organization that I can't even do, that you're uniquely gifted and positioned to do. And if you haven't given everything away or developed other people to do things, then you're missing out on what you can only do and our organization misses out on what you can only do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's and really hard. It's, it, what, and, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes we don't want to delegate or we don't want to give away because we think like, <laughs> I don't want to do that part. You for sure don't want to do mm-hmm. that part. Mm-hmm. So we, we think well, like, we'll just hold all the stuff that no that one I wants hate. to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it keeps us bogged down in the stuff that we should only do. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I think this is one of those that is either going to feel super intuitive to you mm-hmm. or, or going to feel like it is just super uncomfortable. Right. It may have to do with your personality and how you're wired a little bit. Uh, cause, cause I, I would say, Jen, I've watched you do it intuitively and uh, someone that's wired like me as a three on the Enneagram that like uh, I, achieving is kind of what scratches my itch, man. It's like, feels good to go like, look at all the stuff I got done. And I, I don't uh, objectively view developing as an accomplishment because it's a hard metric. It's like, how do you know that you checked that box or did hmm. that thing? Someone else the, that. the irony is like, as a parent, we know that's our job. Like if I have to keep feeding my kid when he's 12 (laughs) by cutting his food and shoveling in his mouth, I've probably failed as a parent. So I do need to develop my kids as they grow to take on responsibilities and to do things, contribute around the house, be able to have a job, like all of these things we know that we have to develop them to be healthy adults. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to our work, our identity is wrapped up in our accomplishment a lot of times. So like it's it's different than at home because when I go to work, it's like, well, I'm getting paid to accomplish this thing. So my validation is in the paycheck connected to results. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it can get really tricky when you go, well, the results that we're really interested in is you being able to expand what you can accomplish. Mm-hmm. And if you can't develop other people, your cap of what you can accomplish is limited by what you're able to do. Mm-hmm. So I have had to always struggle through that paradigm shift of going, oh, I have to... I have to have my achiever in me needs to have a different definition of accomplishment than it has to be like, I need to understand that if I want to accomplish things beyond the scope of what I'm capable of doing on my own, I have to develop people, which then stretches me to think through what could I give away? What would it look like to take someone uh, and help grow them through a process that would allow them to replace me and do what I'm doing? Um, so I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, uh, so what? leadership is stewardship. It's it's a gift that we've been given by God or a position that we've been placed in by God. So it's going to be taken away from us at some point. We're going to die. Or we're, or most leaders that I know don't die in their leadership positions. They either retire or are fired. So like realizing that it's a race to run with the time that we've been given makes it a stewardship issue. Mm. 
and um, I want to run really well with the time that I've been given. So no matter where you are or influence that you have or where you are in an organization or church or whatever, like whatever you think the top level line of your cap of leadership is, like you're probably going to get that maybe 10 to 20 years at most. Mm. So like, and so the, you'll always have a job if you can develop other leaders, but your influence will be done if it has to be you in about 10 to 20 years. Yeah. So, so talk about, I remember sitting in a meeting with you guys and it was early on when we were planting and you talked about the, the concept of replacing yourself. And I remember thinking like, I don't want to replace myself. I'll lose my job. (laughs) Isn't that just like working myself out of a job? And I think sometimes we think that it's sometimes it's our identity that's wrapped up in the work Mm -hmm. that we're doing. And so we're not wanting to let go of that control. But some of it I think is like a fear of like, what will my worth to this organization be if I'm giving my work to other people and they're doing it? So talk about that for a little bit. Yeah. So I, this goes to some other stuff, but like, I think that leaders attract leaders and leaders have to develop leaders. So I know Mm -hmm. that sounds funny, (laughs) but like, so you're not going to be able to give stuff away by somebody just coming up to you. You're going to have to go find leaders to give that away to. Hmm. And you will always have a job and you will always have influence and you will always be a kingdom builder, not your own kingdom, but God's kingdom builder. If you can identify a leader, you can pour out your cup. We talk about this too. Like I don't have, I'm not responsible to fill your cup as a leader. That's not my job. That's God's job. You and God your giftedness, and your I character. Have a really, really big cup. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, hopefully you do. You, you do have a big cup. All I, I am responsible, however, to pour out my cup mm-hmm. with the time, limited time that I've got. And so I think leaders recruit other leaders. So finding other leaders to say, you will, if you find great leaders, you will always have influence to be able to, like, I think sometimes we hold on to the, the pieces that we like the most mm. because that's where we get either validation or attaboys or girls. Mm. So we hold on to things that we think we need to keep when really if you can always develop other people in those things, then then you'll you'll always have influence. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's I mean, for sure, just the biblical side of like, oh, this is discipleship. Like oh. it's what Jesus did. Like he took his disciples with him, teaching them, showing them how to like do the work of making disciples. So when you think through I mean, there's so many analogies you could point to of like like parenting or coaching like you could look at the nfl and go man the patriots like what they've done in the nfl like they they have created they know how to develop coaches and so a lot of teams are hiring coaches from the patriots and then the patriots benefit by having this like family tree that they can go and pick off all of these great coaches that came up through their system Hmm. uh there's you know you can look at the same thing with your business and go if i if i have to learn how to develop people at what i do it forces me uh, to move beyond like, oh, I was successful. Look at that. I ran my own company. I started my own thing. And it forces you to start thinking, why did that work? Uh, what is it that I do that's unique that I bring to this thing? Mm-hmm. And it actually creates a pathway for you to be able to develop people, right? So we talked a little bit, of, I think, in one of the other podcasts just briefly, but uh, there's this exponential network that really kind of laid out uh, the, the kind of the five-step process. I think it wasn't trying to remember off the top of my head. I think it was basically like, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. You're going to watch me do it. And then we're going to talk about it. And then the next step is going to be, I'm going to do it and you're going to help me do it. And then we're going to talk about it. And then we're going to go to like, you're going to do it. I'm going to help. And we're going to talk about it. 
And then the fourth one would be, you're going to do it. I'm going to watch. And then we're going to talk about it. And then the fifth one would be, you're going to do it and have someone watch you. And then you're going to talk about it. Like you're going to replace me with someone you're going to develop. Mm-hmm. And it's such a simple, like, oh yeah, that's, of course that's how you do it. Like it right. sounds so simple, but that helped me a ton go with, oh, it's, it is that simple. Like mm-hmm. I literally just have to follow that progression. And by the end of it, you'll develop And I somebody. think a lot of times we stop at or skip the steps. You know, we skip, we're going to talk about it. We're just like frustrated because they right. didn't get it right. <laughs> so then we're just like, Ugh, forget it. I'll take it back. Or you got it. Good luck. Bye. Mm-hmm. You know, I developed you. It's yep. like there's there actually is this systematic process to really developing someone. It It is more time consuming in the, I would say, in the moment. No, it takes way more time. Way yeah. more time than mm-hmm. doing it yourself. But the exponential uh, to use that word again, like the exponential reward of the time that you get back over the long haul right. is is way, way bigger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I want to go to, um, like, it really speaks to the insecurity of a leader, hmm. the, either security or insecurity of a leader. And so I would want anyone listening, like, if you want to be a great developer of people, it cannot be about you. And you cannot be a great developer of people people if it if you need to get credit or it needs to be about you and i think that's the secret sauce of why developing is greater than doing works Mm -hmm. because it changes the scorecard like he was saying of if you do great i win and nobody may ever know that i developed you Mm -hmm. but I, me and God know, and like I'm, and you may not even give me any credit for it, you know. Like, but I feel like all I was responsible for was dumping out my cup and being faithful. And I, and if I get worried or if I'm insecure that you're going to be better than me, then I'm not a leader. Hmm. Like, I'm not a secure leader. Yeah. And everyone sees insecurity; they smell it way far away, and they know if you're a secure leader or an insecure leader. So if you have a problem developing better leaders than you are, then you're probably navigating security and insecurity personally. That's good. So. Well, it's a, it's kind of it's kind of a interesting permission to have, I think, as leaders that that could actually be a goal is actually great news to me. If if what my bigger win is that my team is winning as opposed to like I'm the one getting all the credit. It's, it's sort of counterintuitive to our, our world and even the way the world operates probably in a lot of places. But it yeah. is... I heard Andy Stanley say this was super convicting and challenging. Um, like, your greatest play in the kingdom of God may be someone you raise in your house. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, no, I want to <laughs> make a splash with my life. Yeah. I want to I, I lead a church and a team mm-hmm. and take ground and help people find and follow Jesus and church plant. And I want to mm-hmm. like that. I want to go after it. But what if he's right? Like, what if, like, me developing or investing into people, specifically daughters, like, what if that's the most important thing that God has given me to do? And what if that's the most impactful thing that I do? Hmm. And I get no credit for it. Yeah. Am I okay with that? Like, that's that's yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Let's go after that. Let's mm-hmm. become those kind of leaders. So. so how do you spot people that are ready to be developed. I mean, you even said leaders attract leaders. Like, where are they? How do we find them? What What do you look for? Why are you laughing? Oh, I'm just laughing because I'm terrible at it. No, so I would say true. like, this is, no, because I, I would, it's something I've had to be really intentional to grow towards. So when I started in ministry, uh, 
the guy that uh, I was, he was going into the missions field. And so he was kind of training me how to do his job. And he said, Hey, look, I just, a couple of things, like don't over administrate this thing. Like don't, don't get it so organized and controlled that you don't need the Holy Spirit to show up. Um, <laughs> what? And, yeah, which I was like, what if the Holy Spirit showed up ahead of time and we planned it? Like, and we didn't yeah, need it to be chaos. But one of the challenges I think that I've, and I've, I've heard this several places, was to go like, if you think about who Jesus chose, hmm. uh, none of them were qualified <laughs> and most of them wouldn't even be on our radar for being allowed to serve in a church. Like So, um, so, so you don't need to find the expert. Like mm. it's I, I a, would actually don't find the expert. Yeah, it's a little bit yeah, like if you think about, I'm using hard. sports analogies, but like mm-hmm. you think about the draft in any sport, you know, it's like the worst team gets the first pick and then you, but every team gets a pick mm-hmm. in multiple rounds. And there's this tension, I think, that exists of, if someone doesn't work out or doesn't perform well, is it because they had a capacity limit or is it because you didn't develop them? Mm-hmm. So I personally, and probably to a fault, have the bent that like if someone is underperforming or didn't do the job, my tendency is to look at the leader and think they probably didn't develop them. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we recruit leaders. We find all-stars. We find the lottery pick, the best player, and we, we do recruit them and we deploy them. And then we go, sweet, I developed great talent. And it's like, no, you recruited talent. The ability <laughs> to develop yeah. talent would, would be the opposite. A thousand percent. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you a couple things I'm looking for. And then I really want to say, like, it's like baseball. Do you want to go and hire free agents like the Yankees? Just have the biggest payroll, get the best people. Or do you want to have, like, the Braves where you have the far- – or the Cardinals, sorry. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say Cubs. Yeah, Cardinals. <laughs> where you have the best farm system that develops the talent you already have. And that's two ways of looking about leadership mm-hmm. and developing and doing. So that's for another conversation. But, like, uh, you want to have people that pass the parking lot test. So when you're driving into a meeting oh, yeah, and you pull into the parking lot and you mm-hmm. see their car, are you excited? <laughs> so because if you're not excited, you're not going to want to develop them. Hmm. So do you have – there is some chemistry things mm-hmm. that go that way. Mm-hmm. Um, is there initiative? Initiative, he said before, it's his love language. So <laughs> you don't have to get it right, yeah. but have initiative yeah. and be able to, that matters to me and matters to us. I would say being able to do ev- anything, like we've all cleaned toilets at Mission. Mm-hmm. We've all, like, like there's nothing that's below us because we're so gifted as a leader right. like that. So if anybody's if like, you're well, listening, he put that in air quotes. Just so, you know. <laughs> yeah. so gifted. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Meaning like there's like, we're servants. Mm-hmm. Like that's what we are. That's what leaders yeah. are. Servant leaders. And so if you're unwilling, look for the people that are willing to serve behind the scenes mm-hmm. with no credit that give you energy, that have initiative and are willing to be excellent in what they do. And then go like, okay, I think we could give you more. Mm-hmm. And so it's a little yeah. bit of parable of talents. Yeah. And I, I'd say there's probably mm-hmm. another thing layer to this of uh for all of us we continue to be developed yeah so mm, there, yeah. there is like this cascading effect of like it's not that i've reached the point where i'm like now i just use the term like i have this cup to empty out it's like but they're also someone that's filling my cup at the same time so yeah. uh one of the things that's we've been good. able to do is like coach other churches right. and I, I would argue that my ability to go and coach other churches is great because I, I enjoy developing people and systems getting to do all that and getting to do it outside the context of mission really helps open our eyes to the kingdom and see how big God is and all the work he's doing. But selfishly, I catch myself so many times like coaching another team or an individual or an organization to go like, well, of course this is what you should do. Uh, I need to know that. We're not doing that. Yeah, Yeah, we're not doing that. (laughs) I don't know. Why did we stop doing that? And it helps me. It just forces me to identify Mm -hmm. the things that I'm 
yeah. reflecting. Yeah. So if you're a leader, like, don't wait for somebody to develop you mm. and blame it on them. Like, what are you reading? Yeah. Like, you need to be continually reading. What are you, how are you sharpening yourself? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you listening to? Podcasts or leadership things. We still read a ton. We still go to a ton of conferences or listen mm-hmm. to content from conferences, just trying to get better. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah. So being developed and developing are both both ways to really grow as a leader, I think, too. Like, because you, you start developing someone and you have to ask yourself questions like, why do we do this? What What is the why behind this? And And you start rehashing some of those things that really matter that sometimes you don't think about if you're not trying to teach or train somebody else in that yeah and i think about, everyone oh, else sorry. knows whether or not you're you're lazy or you're delegating it or you're yeah. giving it away mm-hmm. or developing you because you don't want to do it anymore mm-hmm. and it's beneath you so right be careful we, with that. we often call you the point guard you know you were a point guard in college i was played basketball i probably could still be you I'm probably one i think so Never but could. we'll see Never okay. anyway um <laughs> but uh you you we talk about that analogy of passing the ball so other people can score and it's one of your biggest gifts it's probably and, my primary leadership way that mm-hmm. leadership gets played out in my life mm-hmm. um and i'm not i would not say i'm a bastion of leadership but i do know that i have that gift and mm-hmm. i do feel like i'm going to be responsible for it and mm-hmm. what i've done with it mm-hmm. to god and so i want to lead with diligence and i want to lead well and i all that stuff but in basketball, and if you're not a basketball player, sorry, but uh, our team would be really good if I was like the third best player on the court, hmm. like or fourth. Like if I'm the best player on the court, then we're in trouble as a point <laughs> guard. Like where I've got to score, I've got to figure uh-huh. it out. But we were good hmm. when I could know the play that we need to run and get the ball in the right spot and the right shot for the defense for, against the defense that's going on and which player likes it where. And how do we do that? And I'll, I'll guard the best perimeter player from the other team. Mm-hmm. Like, we were pretty good if we could do that. That's good. And so I think the way that's mm-hmm. played out just as a gifting for me is realizing that that's okay for me to be as a leader, too. I don't yeah. have to be have the ball in my hand all the time. Mm-hmm. And I can be behind the scenes. And so it's it's helpful for me to be able to develop because I know that I don't, I'm not very good at all the positions. Right. But I can find people that are good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and that's a and you can find a lot of joy in watching your team uh, score. Totally. It's still yeah. your team. I could care. Still yeah, scoring. I, who cares? I, mean, I don't even. Shot I, know, I don't even so. remember the game that I scored the most points. Mm-hmm. I've never remembered that. But mm-hmm. I do remember the most assists I've had, and mm-hmm. I me- do remember defensive stops. How many assists was it? Fifty. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Is it? I don't know that I'm buying this. I don't remember the I d- game actually that don't. I scored the most points. I don't remember <laughs> because you're embarrassed by how. No, I'm not a good scorer. It was eight points. More than ten, but less than nine points. It's more than ten. Less than 20, but I don't remember. <laughs> but I do remember when I made like my high school friend that we were playing in college against each other, and there was eight seconds left, and I turned him four times before half court, and he didn't get a shot up. But I do remember that. I was excited about that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. hmm. I remember the game where I scored a, a basket on the wrong goal. That was great. But I still could be. Anyways, um, uh, the one thing to just touch on real quick, and you kind of said it, but I, I like the three words that we've used a few times in in helping us know where to place people on a team and and um, is we, or, or whether we're bringing people on like staff or whatever is and and when I'm doing interviews, it's a lot of what I look for, and it's humble, hungry, smart. Yeah, so talk about that for a second. Lincioni, Patrick Lincioni, sorry, is probably my one of my favorite leadership authors. Mm-hmm. He has parable fables that he'll tell, and then he'll pull something from it. It's incredible stuff that he has. I like mm-hmm. probably seven of his books, uh, but this one's called The Ideal Team Player. So humble, hungry, and smart. Um, and so what happened, and smart would be emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. not uh, IQ. Not expert, EQ. but yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. how do they relate with people? So you're looking for 
people that have this humility of character that don't that aren't insecure that don't need to be about them they're hungry which is that initiative piece i was talking about and mm -hmm. eq they work well on a team and they can kind of read a room a little mm -hmm. bit so that that's how it play look for those things it's actually a hiring lens that we use to get somebody into even a in a, a process mm -hmm. like are they humble hungry smart yeah you know yeah. because they're they're kind of diff those are are they teachable are they I, you can grow i, I think you can, you can grow. grow in them yeah um but you have to have a really good leader that point if you are low on eq you have to have a really strong leader that helps you see that mm -hmm. and has can develop you in that that's a good question i don't i mean gosh i know i hope they are teachable <laughs> but uh it goes i don't know that hungry is like I think mm -hmm. you either you have either initiative are, uh, or don't. Yeah, you yeah. do or you don't. And and if you don't, it may be because it doesn't align with your passion, or it's not that. It doesn't. I mean, you're mm -hmm. lazy. It just means in that area and that thing, you may not. So, who knows? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we're given a range mm -hmm. of like, let's say at birth, you're given a range. Who knows what it is? So, and then with your way that you're developed or the way that you pursue being de like developing yourself, you probably have a how you can make the most of what you've been given yeah. in those ranges. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think when you have one of like two of those three, never hire somebody or never get somebody on a volunteer team that only has one of those three, <laughs> like, or make sure that yeah. they're surrounded by people. Cause they're going to, the book has chaos. great nicknames for yeah. all of those two. Like, it's like, a great read. Like yeah. if it you're missing crazy. one, you like, you may be an accidental ideal team player. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you may we'll be like an accidental mess maker. You're the lovable, uh, the politician, the mm -hmm. bulldozer. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of ones that are yeah. like, when you are high here and low mm -hmm. here, this is what happens. Yeah, and you read right. it, you're it's like, so oh, good. I know who those people are. Yeah. Absolutely. Or which yeah. one I was. Yeah. Yes. Or am. am. Well, yeah. and I think that's good too, even for anybody that's honestly looking for positions or looking to be hired or volunteer, be leaders mm -hmm. in different roles, to to really be aware of those three things and do a self-evaluation of like, where am I at with those things? And maybe it is like, I don't have, I'm not very hungry here. And maybe this isn't something I'm really even that interested in. And yeah, the last, this has been a lot here. So I maybe go back and listen to this, but I would say uh, there's a an equation R minus F equals, or R minus A equals F. R minus A equals F. So when we're developing responsibility mm -hmm. without authority, equals frustration mm -hmm. so make sure we're not just delegating tasks but mm -hmm. we're also helping develop authority to make decisions uh it's a we can that's probably a deeper well yeah. but that's important yeah we might have to go into that a little more yeah. later well this was super helpful um i am i am very grateful i'll give you a little credit even though you both said you don't get always credit for being developed but you've definitely developed me and i'm super grateful for that and um and it, I, I really do um, think it's such a beautiful value if you can grab a hold of the joy that it is to be able to give away and share um, leadership. And it's like, it's just the better way to do it, to do it in a team. I even um, heard this quote that a lot of times as leaders, we think people are working, when we pull people in to be developed, we think they're working for us. But if we can shift to, they're working with us. Like this is, this is not, they're not my, my people to do all my tasks. It's actually, we got to get on, in this together, share vision. And then it, developing gets exciting. And, um, the, and then we're able to go a lot further, a lot faster. So it's 100%. great. So thanks you guys. This yeah, yeah. was awesome. Super helpful. Great. All right. See you next time.